generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Judges chapter 6. All right. I'm going to take it from verse 4. But please follow. I'll read alone for time's sake, but please follow. If you're at the hub and you're watching this right now, can you shout hallelujah? You can see there's some omnipresent people here. <laughs> so if you're watching online, we celebrate you. Drop an emoji on the platform you're watching or listening on right now. Judges chapter 6 from verse 4. It says, then they would... Yeah, the sound is getting there. Almost there. Then they would encamp against them. Who are these? The Amalekites and the Midianites and the enemies of God's people from the east. They would encamp against the children of Israel and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel. Neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land. The enemies of God's people would enter the land of God's people to destroy it. Verse 6 says, so Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and it came to pass... When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel. Look at your neighbor say, God hears your cry. I love the energy, boy. It can be higher, it can be better. Cooper, you might need to come and stand behind me just to feel it and say, God hears your cry. Yes. Don't forget that when they cried out to the Lord, what God did was that he sent a prophet. Sometimes when you cry to the Lord, he sends a text message. He sends a notification. He sends you some money. He sends you a friend. How many of you know that a friend can be the answer to your cry? He sends you a church. So some of you, God has sent you kings. Hallelujah. He sent them a prophet. And then the prophet said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I also said to you, I am the Lord your God. Somebody say, I am. The Lord your God, verse 10. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was an Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. Prophesied to your neighbor, said, The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor, Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Verse 14, please let us read that together from verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. 
Have I not sent you? Verse 15. So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Verse 16. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as... Whew. I don't know who exactly this particular line is for. I know that there is something for everybody in this message. But I don't know what part of the message is for who just yet. But I don't know who's that person who's been feeling alone, who's been feeling disenfranchised, who's been feeling forgotten, who's been feeling forsaken, who's been feeling overwhelmed, who's been feeling discouraged, who's been feeling distraught, who's been feeling sidestepped, who's been feeling like maybe, you know, maybe God has sort of like forgotten about me or put me on the waiting list or the complimentary list or the supplementary list and I'm not on God's dashboard, I'm not in God's radar, I'm not in front and center of what God wants to do or center stage of what God wants to do better much better now but I want someone to hear this God is with you to the person who does not have enough money for the demands of life God is with you to the person who feels like by now people should be toasting me I'm not bread boy you can't toast me oh but God is with you who feels like by now I should have a car or I should be given our cars God is with you who feels like things are not working the way they ought to be working? Please, if you want to join me in preaching to somebody this morning, can you get out of your seat and go to just three people and tell them intentionally, deliberately, and consciously, God is with you. God is with you. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your light and we thank you for your life. We thank you for the wisdom in your word. Sitting upon our hearts and filling us with revelation knowledge. We give you praise our Father in Jesus' name. Our text today features a certain man called Gideon. Now Gideon is a very interesting person because he is one of your unlikely heroes. Now generally... When a hero in the Bible is being presented, you're going to see like a long pretext that either speaks about that person's ancestry or really sets the tone beyond the circumstance to actually the person, the family line. So before Moses is introduced, you're going to see Jochebed and Amram, and you're going to see Miriam and Aaron. You're going to see all of that, all, the, all of those kind of people in the plot. Before Abram comes on the scene, they're going to tell you about the land of Or and all of the all of the Chaldeans and how God had already spoken to him a four time. So you're going to see all of that. You're going to see the entry of Samson and how an angel actually appeared unto Manoah and began to speak about the things to come. You're going to see the pretext, but Gideon is not, we're not given a pretext when it comes to Gideon. In other words, they don't talk about a whole lot of stuff regarding him or his family. And this is a prophetic word for somebody that you feel like, mm, if I'm really going to blow in this world, at least God should have been warming up the scene, right? Like if I'm actually going to be a millionaire in dollars, maybe like data, I should have gotten more than enough money for data. Come on. Maybe you get what I'm saying? <laughs> My name is data for those who didn't get that. <laughs> right? I should have. But I wanted to announce to somebody, maybe the reason there's no pretext to your life is that you are bound to take the world by storm. For somebody, it might just be an exciting line, but for I know for somebody, it's a revelation. 
Maybe the reason there's no paparazzi behind your story so far is that by the time you emerge and come upon the scene, people will literally ask the question, where have you been? God is about to shock a generation with an emergence of people that don't look like it, sound like it, or act like it. We're going to have people who are wearing ripped jeans, but they are ripping the kingdom of darkness into pieces. That you don't have to wear a collar to break the enemy's collarbone. I don't know who I'm talking about, but God is about to use you in such a dimension that without anybody pouring oil upon your head, the oil in your spirit is going to flow so powerfully and like Gideon you may be inexperienced but you have enough experience in obedience in God and you will you will you will break through in the name of Jesus if it's not you I'm talking to it's okay to keep on looking with your religious face but if there is somebody who feels slightly Gideonic in the circumstance shout I am ready Lord When we see Gideon being introduced, we are not seeing him with a burning bush experience like Moses. Moses has a burning bush experience. At least he has tasted power before. He has been in Egypt. He understands palace protocol. He understands the language of the courtroom and the ballroom and the boardroom. He understands a little bit of power and clout and authority. Of course, he goes down this slippery slope where he falls into a place where he's literally taking care of sheep. And then he has a miraculous, magnificent, outlandish, extravagant, burning bush experience. Can I, can I ask somebody, is there anybody who is honest enough to say, I know there is something special about me, but I've not seen an angel before is there anybody who's like all these people that see angel gold dust candlestick flying monkey angel wing jesus appeared to them there are some of us no angel has appeared to us before no no spectacular thing has appeared to us before but the bible says the grace of god has appeared unto all men and god's grace is more spectacular than any angel any supernatural being because if jesus is full of anything is not full of angels it's full of grace and truth so if all i have is the fullness of the grace of god I am not inferior. I may not have a dramatic experience, but I have a divine experience. I have a divine encounter. I have a divine engagement. Is there anybody who's feeling me? I don't have that story of I used to be drunk on Third Mainland Bridge and I slept with 300 women. I was just seemingly a normal person. But God's grace found me. Who's hearing what I'm saying? And because grace found me, I release myself to all that God, grace wants to do through me. So he's in that place, ordinary guy. We're not told his father is a priest or his mother is a prophetess. We're not told he's just an ordinary guy. Can I announce to somebody, beware of the ordinary guy. Oh, beware of the ordinary guy. That one that is not extra fine, not extra wise, not extra strong. I'm describing some people right now. Just like ordinary. Because God likes to show himself strong in ordinary situations. Just to prove a point sometimes. Even though Samson can tear the lion with this, that, and the other. God takes an ordinary jawbone of an ass. The jawbone of a donkey to kill a thousand. An ordinary stick to at the Red Sea. Come on. An ordinary song that Miriam sang. No producer, no DJ, no songwriter, no voice editor, no backup singer. But she sings an ordinary song and the whole nation begins to rejoice based on that song. I prophesy by the mantles of God. Somebody will write an ordinary script 
and to become the template for nations. An ordinary idea will become the blueprint for generations. An ordinary game, an app will be downloaded millions of times. An ordinary oil and gas business will power much of the world. I don't know who it is for, but I wish that amen could be louder and more responsive. Oh yes, Fumi Martins, are you getting ready? An ordinary smile is going to produce a godly family. Come on. <laughs> an ordinary, ordinary move, an ordinary step, and you will land at the right place at the right time. So, what's the situation? The people of God are harassed, oppressed by the Midianites and the Amalekites. Just be pillaging and stealing and all of that. And let me just do this as a side note. I will not preach it. When did the Amalekites come? The Midianites, when did they come to attack them? When it was harvest time. When the earth was productive. The attacks against your life are proof that your life is productive. To steal. It doesn't come to kill until there is life to take away. It doesn't come to destroy except there is something of value to diminish. So the attacks against your life should not be seen as reasons for discouragement. They should be seen as triggers for gratitude. Come on. Because what it means is the enemy is attacking me because there is something in me that is worth attacking. Come on somebody. Those who are dead don't have their lives attacked. Are you here? Those who are single don't have their marriages attacked. Those who have no money don't have their finances attacked. Are you hearing that? So when the enemy wants to attack you or comes against you, look for the produce. It means there is something you're already producing that it finds attractive enough to deploy resources to try to destroy. And if that thing is attractive enough to mandate the oppressive attacks of the enemy, you know what that means? That means it's attractive enough for you to defend it. Never give up your tough just because of an attack. The attack against your land is proof that there is more to your land than what you can see right now. Because all you can see is maybe the beans on top of the land. But maybe the enemy is attacking you not because of the beans on top of you, but because of the gold beneath it. At the time of produce, the enemy comes to attack. What is the enemy really after in your life? It's not really about your personality because he can't change that. It's about your produce. It's about your produce. Why? You are called to produce. John chapter 15. I am the vine and ye are the branches. Elion and Matthew. He said every tree that does not bring forth fruit. My father is going to cut down. So what is God looking for? Fruit. What is the devil looking for? Anything God is looking for. Anything that has heaven's interest gets hell's attention. Because the devil is not smart enough to determine value without looking at what God is doing. The devil is like that guy that is spying the exam question. To see what is the person writing now. Let me dub the person. Are you getting the, are you getting the point? Are you getting the point? That's important. So in our text, the enemy is attacking them and all of that. What do you need when there is an army against you? What do you need when there is a fight against you? When the Amalekites are coming with their livestock? What do you need? You need a warrior. 
Yet when God visits Israel, he does not go to their military academy. <laughs> when God visits Israel, he does not go to their man of war camp or their NYC camp. He goes to the threshing floor. He goes to a place where somebody is hiding. You know what it means? God's finest soldiers are still in hiding. God's finest soldiers are unveiled. Let me announce this. God's finest preachers are not yet on the pulpit. Some of them are, but many of them are still hiding. Some of the finest singers have not joined KMT yet. Some of them have, but some of them are still singing in the shower. Can I talk right now? Some of the biggest money makers, they are not yet doing business. They are still doing nine to five because they are too scared to step out. I don't know who has been scared and who has been nervous and who has been anxious. Every now and again, there's a flash of brilliance to your life. And people say, you are very good. I say, thank you for the compliment, but then you go back into your shell. In this series, God is bringing you out of your shell so that you can have a total experience and be mobilized to get your chevron in God. I just spoke about an oil and gas world play. God is about to bring oil to gas up your generation. High five somebody real quick and tell him you're coming out of hiding. Tell the person God is looking for you. God is looking for you. God is looking for Gideons who don't think they can do it. Who don't think they are good enough. You are exactly what God is looking for. Because those who think they are good enough, they will rely on their power. And the Bible says the arm of flesh shall fail. So when you think in my humanity I'm good enough, God said you're not ready. But when you're broken and you lay low like a dread dead stick in the presence of God God says I can bring Aaron's rod and I cause flowers and fruits to come out of it overnight because this is a surrendered life this is not a presumptuous life I prophesy over Gideons who have been hiding who have been hidden who have been buried you are coming out strong look at someone say hello Gid say hello Gid Say, Gid, you can't hide any longer. Say, Gid, I know you might feel giddy, but you're in last giddy. Even though you're in last giddy, you will not carry last giddy. Come on, somebody. High five, someone say, you will not carry last giddy. Because many who are first shall be last. And even though you are last, you are becoming... If you're at the hub, shout, I know they carry last. Shout online, say, I know they carry last. Everybody at the Gap Studio, shout, I know they carry last. Say, I know they carry last. Gideon in the wine press, threshing wheat. He's hiding. Why is he threshing wheat in the wine press? You're supposed to be threshing wheat on the threshing floor. But it's threshing wheat in the wine press because it's trying to disguise. I don't want to use the language we used to use during answers. Something they disguise. Confessor is okay. Do you want to speak up? Because if you're threshing wheat in the wine press, that means you're doing the right thing in the wrong place. So you can sing, but you don't want to do it on stage. You're doing it in the shower. You can lead, but you don't want people to know you in church. So you use it for business. 
and you've grown your team at work from two people at work to 20. But when it comes to me, I'm a silent billionaire. I am an apostle in the marketplace. Apostle. Right? But God wants to be apostrophe. Apostle's trophy. And he comes now with labels. Somebody say labels. Somebody shown. People have mixed up my labels. Mixed up my labels. Oh gosh, why do you mix up my label? And I didn't ask you to tear those labels. Who taught the labels on this? Who taught the labels on my illustration? I didn't ask you to tear it. I didn't ask you to tear it. I was going to use the second one for that purpose. All right, so I've got to, got to improvise now. Don't do this to me next time. <laughs> Don't take my labels. If I come and put the labels, go and put the labels back. Whilst I'm working, put the labels back on this one. So most of us, when we're born, all of us when we're born, we're born this way. And do it very, very quickly. Very, very. You can actually, you can, yeah, yeah, do it backstage. Do it very, very, very quickly. We're born this way. We're born transparent. We're born without labels. We were born clean and crisp. I need to be, but don't remove it. Don't remove it. Just post new labels and I need two or three people to help him because of time. Right. Always ask questions because this is taking me, it's going to eat into about 10 minutes of my time. Right. So we're born this way. We're born transparent. We're born clean. Right. How many of you were born not liking people from a certain part of the country? Ah, you want to marry somebody. Let me use the tribe where my body was born. I'm not from that tribe. I'm from heaven. But my body came through that ancestry. Right? Ah, you want to marry. What's the person's name? Emeka. Ah! Emeka. Ufe marry Emeka. When you have Emeka. You want Emeka? Omoibu. Omoibo, Omoibo le. On la gidi, bi agidi. Even when they're not in agidi. Prejudice. There's some Yoruba people, not all, but there's some Yoruba people that have prejudice. Are you here? Prejudices. Because of experiences. Maybe the civil war, maybe personal experiences, but we're born this way. In America, you see white people hating black people. It's such a big deal. And even black people that are carrying uh, the cross or bearing the bronze have now become embittered with so much hatred. Are you here? We're born this way. But over time, what begins to happen is we now have all those labels. Come on, guys, hurry up. We have all those label, labels placed on us. By parents, by siblings, by circumstances, by scenarios. You have all those labels placed on you. Look at your neighbor say, where are your labels? Give me that text. Because when God speaks, when God speaks, just, just put it there. When God speaks in verse 10. God said, also I said to you, I am. Somebody say, I am. Shout aloud and say, I am. God comes, introduces himself with one label. 
The label God uses is? How do I know it's that label? Because in Exodus chapter 3, when he speaks to Moses, and Moses said, who am I going to say sent me? What did he say? He should tell them, I am. So anything you add to I am becomes your label and your limits. I am. He said, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods, small g, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And in verse 12, look at verse 12 then. Then the angel said to him, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you who? Shout aloud, you who? Who is with you? How does the Lord introduce himself? So who is with you? I am with you. In other words, I am who I was. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I was who I will be. I was who I am. I was who I was. What it means is I can become anything I need to become based on the demands and the circumstances required or based on the requirements of the circumstances. Are you here, somebody? So, Gideon, you are threshing wheat in the wine press. But once I am with you and I call you mighty man of valor, don't tell me you are not that. Because you are not the person who made yourself labeled. It was circumstances and situations that labeled you. How do I know that? Look at what Gideon said in verse 13. What does Gideon say? Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if you are with us, why then has all these things happened to us and where are all the miracles? Why? He's operating from a label. What's the label is operating from? If God is with you, there will be no problem. Wrong label. If God is with you, there will be a problem, but the problem will not finish you. The problem will not overwhelm you. And Isaiah says, when you walk through the flood, they will not drown you. When you go through the fire, they will not burn you. He never said, if I'm with you, there will be no fire. If I'm with you, there will be fire. But guess what? I am the consuming fire. And I will consume the fire so much that the fire against you will regret ever coming against you. I am so much of a consuming fire that when I consume fire, the fire will feel like AC. Some of you are not hearing what I'm saying right now. Somebody shout, I am with you. I am with you. When you go through the river, says, they will not overflow you. So why have all this happened to you? And where are all the miracles which our fathers have told us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? So they were saying, where are the miracles? They told us you parted the Red Sea. How come when these guys were coming... You didn't stop them in their tracks. And some people here are asking that question right now. How come I'm not married if you're with me? How come I don't have a job if you're with me? How come my ministry is not having greater expression if you're with me? How come things are not adding up if you're with me? How come I've not gotten grant money if you're with me? But I've taken money for granted. How come? Please prophesy to your neighbor. Say, I am is with you. 
I know some of you said it because pastor says say it. But I want to enter into character and be like the angel right now. Come up with your strongest angelic game. If it can go low because you are higher than angels. And sneak at the brain and say, I am is with you. How dare you tell me that you are depressed. Somebody shout, that's a wrong label. That's a wrong label. The next verse, what does Gideon say in the next verse? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might. I'm looking for the verse that says I am the least, I'm the, I'm the smallest, I'm the weakest. Give me that verse, verse 15. So God said to him, go in your might, verse 15, he said, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. But read it this way. Indeed, my label is the label. No. They're all labels. Clan is a label. <laughs> you know why? Because we function within the limits of our labels. And we have attachments to our labels. So when people know you as a quiet person in a place, you feel the pressure to remain quiet. Because it's a part of the human soul that seeks consistency with what has been approved so far. Can I talk right now? Can I talk, talk to me if I'm talking to you? So we're born this way. But from the day you were born, label. What's the first thing? Ah, 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 this boy looks like his father. Shout label. Looks like father. And you have no idea how deep the impact is. So as the child begins to grow and the child begins to manifest something's genetic, some things are not genetic, they are libellic. Because people have said you look like your father. There's a part of the subconscious mind that wants to also be like your father, including shouting like your father. Arriving late like your father. Oh, can I talk right now? Womanizing like your father. Smoking like your father. Because some young men got into that lifestyle because they associated fatherhood with flangering. So the thought, the way you show for prosperity is by hanging around people at late hours of the day and carrying girls. It was a label. Look at your label. See, what's the label you're laboring under? What does it say? Ah, see, nose, big. Let me not look at it. So see, nose, big nose. So all of a sudden, all you see about yourself is what? Big nose. And people say, you're pretty. Say, stop whining me. Because that big nose stands in the way of your perception of all your amazing features. You're all too quiet this morning. Don't be quiet on me. I didn't leave all you quiet. By the way, the reason people don't respond in church gatherings is they are working with a label. They grew up in environments that said church is quiet. Oh, can I talk right now? How many of you know that solemnness does not always mean quietness? Label. Foodie, foodie, label. They said this one, friend for food. So you two now enter character. Any party you go to will be attendances. Where's the food? Where's the food? Even when you're not hungry, you're trying to be consistent with the label. You're trying to live up to the tag. Oh, can we talk right now? Some of you got into the clubs. You didn't used to wear short skirt, though. Short skirt, you knew. 
Short skirts before was like this. And they say, eh? I want to be labeled. They must understand I'm a very peppery sauce. So now, y'all don't wear like short skirts. You wear like a thick belt. Look at him and say, what label are you living up to? How do you know you're under a label when God speaks to you, the first one that comes to your mind is your label. So in our text, look at our text. Look at our text. He said, I am the, indeed my, shout label. Indeed my, is the, in the, and I am the, in my, Libel, 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 libel. Clan. Yoruba men. Yoruba men must be strong on their wives. Igbo men. Igbo men. You must keep, keep your name. You must keep that baby girl in check. Right hands. One small check to keep her in check. She no be currency, but keep her in check. Libel. We, do you know how deep this is? You have labels. My clan, that's label. It's functioning out of clan. Then it said, weakest, that's label. Some of us are stronger than we can imagine. But because we have people who have labeled us weak. And let me tell you something. Do you know that nobody's intelligent enough to define the entirety of your possibilities in God? I hope you know that. Now, some people define you based on their own interpretation. Let me back up. People define you based on their ability to articulate their interpretation of their perception based on your situation. So there are too many factors that go into their labeling you and you can wear a wrong label for decades of your life. Oh, can I talk right now? Because what they are saying may not even be what they mean. Have you ever wanted to interpret something before, but you didn't find the right words? So some of us are laboring under the incoherent articulation of people's poor perception. I used to call myself shy. Would you believe it? Would you believe it? Shy? But for years, I was shy. I was a shy guy. I don't talk. Maybe that's why I talk a lot now, because all the talk where I don't talk that year. Right, and some of us need some catch up time. I want to prophesy over somebody for some catch up time. I don't know who it is, but I release over this house for those who have lost opportunities, lost time, lost scenarios, lost privileges based on the fact that you excluded yourself, based on the wrong labels of people, or even the labels that you put on yourself. Hear this the Lord is giving you restoration in the name of Jesus. That amen sounds like it still needs some encouragement. We take the labels off you. We take the limits off you. And we release you to the fullness of God's agenda for your life. If you believe in shout, I'm taking the labels off. Oops. Taking the labels off. Look at all those labels. Elejo Orobo. Weird. Weird to who? The fact that you're different does not mean you're inferior. The fact that you're still on the journey does not mean you're disqualified. 
The fact that you don't have what they think you need to have does not mean God has not called you Imani, and that's a word for you. Are you hearing this? That you don't, you don't have to look like them or sound like them or be like them. But God comes to him and said, mighty man of valor. Now, if God had just said man, you know he would agree with that label. Many of us, what we're struggling with is not the essence. It's God's description of our essence. If God had just said man, hey man, be like, oh, that's me. But God does not just call what is obvious. He calls what eyes cannot see. He doesn't call him man. He said mighty. See, for you to earn the title mighty, you must have proven it. But God said, no, you don't need to prove it. I will speak the word over your life. Whilst you're still owing the bank and you're dodging their calls, I'll call you a multi-million dollars. And that's a word for somebody. Whilst you're still squatting, I'll call you a real estate developer. Whilst you're still going from here to there, I'll call you a mother of nations. Whilst you're still clubbing on Friday nights, I call you a revivalist. God does not wait for a change in behavior before he announces your destiny. The announcement of your destiny releases grace for you to begin to make a shift and a transformation. I come against every wrong label in your mind and in your life. Every wrong label that you have embraced over time. I tear it off in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I am who God says I am. I am not what the world calls me. I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. They may call me weak, but the Bible says, you know, that's why the prophet Isaiah said, let the weak say, let the weak say. You know why, Tolu? Because God knows that people label wrongly. So he said, they've labeled you weak. He said, no, no, no. Use your mouth to change the label. You are not weak. You are strong. Somebody say, I'm strong. You go to the doctor, your BP is high. Tell that doctor, I appreciate all you've said. Jesus is my doctor, Jesus are my nurses. I'm going to get on my diet. I'm going to get on my fitness plan. I'm going to eat some garlic. I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to sleep. But my BP is not high. My BP is being recalibrated to normal. See, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do you label? You label with words. How do you label? How do you label? You go to the kitchen, your friend's house or whatever, and you want to cook. There's a, a container that has thyme, that has curry, that has spice, that has tomatoes, that has whatever. And what do you do? Check the label. You label with words. If you don't like the label you've been laboring on, that change it. He said mighty man. And he didn't just call him mighty man. He called him mighty man of valor. That title was given to people who had fought many wars and conquered. He had fought no war. But do you know what he had not fought? He had not fought any war externally. But God knew he had already conquered internally. In the middle of all that he was going through, he had still won battles. Some of you don't have exploits, but you have employs. I just made up that word. An exploit is something on the outside. People can say, you've done something. If only people knew how many battles you won against depression in your mind, against the suicidal spirits. Who am I talking to? That even though you have not achieved anything externally, you have achieved life. You have achieved sanity. You are, are you hearing this? You have kept yourself sane and strong. 
under God's grace. It wasn't by your power. It wasn't by your might. But by the Spirit of God. Please, help me label seven people inside this room. Go to those seven people and label them. Say you are pretty. You are God-ordained. You are filled with energy. I label you strong. I label you mighty. I label you responsible. I label you... Listen to what happens to many of us. We are called the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Talks, guess what? We're so labeled, or we're so labeled to a point where people cannot even see our salt. What they see is our what? Isn't it amazing that we are loaded with God essence? But people don't sit down, see African, Yoruba man, Igbo, Hausa, Fulani, all Fulanis are bandits. When there are some sweet ones, it's a label. All Africans are poor. That's why Chimamanda did the tale of the danger of a single story. Because a label limits. And the limitation of the label is not based on the truism or the authenticity of the substance. It is based on the articulation of the interpretation of the person that put the label there. So in the earlier service, I brought these two. I brought these two elements. And I gave two different people. I don't know if the camera can zoom that close. I gave two different people. This one is Chocobilu and this one is Maggie. And I said, choose one. And the first person chose chocobilo uh, to eat. But we had swapped the substance inside. So what she had in the chocomilo was actually Maggie. The enemy understands labeling. So he labels good, evil, and evil good. That thing the enemy is trying to talk you down about is because he knows if you understand the power of that gift. The number of lives you will change. That's why I tried to shut it down. It was the gift of articulation. They label the talkative. But really in heaven is talk to help captives. Are you hearing that? But I said if I label it as a liability, you would never use it as an asset. They say you are too forward. Should I be backward? Because I'm, not, <laughs> because I'm not saying don't have understanding of etiquette and spaces and all. But I'm saying if it's a strength, never curse it as a weakness. Never despise it just because they refuse to spice it. <laughs> Why people? Come on. Are you here somebody? Are we getting this? Never despise it. Look at your neighbor. Say you are loaded with assets. Look at somebody say you are not a liability. We are privileged to have you. We are privileged to know you. We are privileged to live in your times. You carry the label of heaven. Somebody shout, I am who God says I am. So why did I choose to do this? Because it happened to me as a little boy. Little boy, I love Choco, 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 Milo. 
For those who are old enough to remember that advert, do you remember? <laughs> Can you remember? Chuck, 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 Camilo. Chuck, 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 If you didn't know that advert, start calling us Uncle. Uncle Kenny. <laughs> so I love Chuck Camilo. And then I saw Maggie in my mom's, she had this yellow bowl where there were different things. So I saw Maggie. It's like, ah, wow. Chocomilo has rebranded. <laughs> or it's a different brand. Right? I don't know, maybe I was six or seven or something. I remember the story because when you taste certain things, it's hard to forget. Yeah. Are you following? So I, I unraveled it like, I think it was Toby that did it in the first service. Unraveled it and... Let me just announce this. I will apply this in two different ways. The enemy thinks your chocomilo that it can lick and eat anyhow. That's because he got the wrong label on you. The true taste of your authentic nature and capacity. The grace and the glory of God on the inside of you. is about to come and turn into a bitter taste in the devil's mouth. He thought it could swallow you, but guess what? He cannot swallow you. There is something in you that is rising through the series that is going to be like you are not a weakling, you are not a sadist, you are not abandoned, you are not forsaken you are not ignored you are not overwhelmed you are who god says you are i don't know who i'm speaking to but the wrong labels are gone and the right label the bible says all oh, taste and see that the lord is good the world is about to taste the goodness of god in you and experience the generosity of god on the inside of you somebody clap those hands and give god a shout of praise media do you have my table can you ask if you have my table P-Land was supposed to describe. You have it? Beautiful. We'll close with that. I can't even teach everything on that table. But see, we're leaving out of this. So, there's a lot in us, but it's covered by the labels. I know the amazing thing is that many of us, we are so comfortable with our labels that when God is trying to strip us to reveal the salt in us, we argue with God. Let me give you an example. There's a label called 9 to 5. That label is labeled security, consistency, payday every 30 days. There comes a time where there's God shaking the boat of your nine to five and tearing the label and you're feeling naked. God is removing that label so that the million dollar idea on the inside of you that you've not had time to develop, you will have time to develop it. So you are not unemployed, you are a pre-millionaire. Are you seeing this now? You've got to be able to label things right. How can you trust the prince of darkness to live all things right? And let me tell you another story that happened to me. We had a pantry when I was growing up. In the pantry, we had sacks of food. There will be gari, there will be elubo, there will be rice and all of that. And for whatever reason, every now and again, you go there and scoop something and put it in your mouth. And there was no light, so I went and I scooped some elubo. Because when there is no light, you will lick the wrong substance whilst you're looking for salt. This is the reason many of us got into trouble in the world. We were looking for things that could not deliver to us what we desired. So you thought that boyfriend was going to be your comforter and your guide and your companion until you discovered that you were not the only person who was giving companionship to. Oh, can we talk right now? Anybody experienced that at some point? Or you were the boyfriend in question? Look at your neighbor say, Grace. <laughs> I need to close. Somebody shout, I'm removing the labels. Tell your neighbor, say when God is stripping you, don't say no. Say God strips to reveal. 
So many of us are asking for more, but the operation of the Spirit is not just in giving you more, it's in taking off more of what was never supposed to be there. Many of the operations of God are reduction and removal. <laughs> Pruning! Thank you, sir. He said that so that he may bring forth more fruit. That's why sometimes God causes friends to forsake you because those friends were labels. Wrong labels. Lot was a label because Lot means a veil. And everywhere Abraham was, there was a lot, there was a veil, there was a reminder of where he was from. So Lot was a constant reminder of what God was trying to deliver Abraham from. Who has a pashmina, a shawl or something? I need a shawl or pashmina or something like that. Yeah? Shawl, Lot was a veil. It smells nice too. Veil and label, and many of us were used to having our labels. Ladies, you know how it is how you've worn one hairdo for a long time, and you're very scared to change your look. Anybody ever expressed that? Because yes, people know you as that. But I want to give somebody permission in the spirit, it's not too late to start again. Are you here? Are you here? God told him, separate yourself from Lot. Separate yourself from Lot, from the labels. Now, it should have been great if it was just that. He called him mighty man. Now, all along, can anybody guess what Gideon means? What does Gideon mean? Gideon means a great destroyer. In other words, exactly what Israel needed was a destroyer that would destroy the works of the devil. And the one who was great enough to countermeasure the plans of the enemy was busy hiding. There is somebody you've not been living up to your name and up to your identity. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Somebody shout salt and light I am. You didn't shout it, you just said it. Can you shout it from your belly? Can you shout it from your throat? Can you shout it? Salt and light. Please go and introduce yourself to three more people and tell them who you are now. Who are you these days? Who are you? Mm. I'm going to try to wind it down. He said you would destroy the Midianites as one man because you're a great destroyer. And someone's thinking is destroying a bad thing. Destroying could be the best thing in the world if you've bought land and the wrong stuff has been built on it. And you need some demolition. Some of you in this place, you are called to bring demolition to abuse, to domestic violence, demolition to rape, to assault, to bring demolition to weakness, to infirmity, to bring demolition. Is anybody here right now? Is anybody here right now? Look at your neighbor, say, I'm here not only to build, I'm here to destroy some things. And someone goes, Oh, is that not a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing because in Jeremiah, 
He said, Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were born, I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. And I have called you to build, to destroy, to pull out, to break down. Father, along says, Jeremiah, you are my battle axe and my weapons of war with you. I will destroy nations and kingdoms. Every life that God has raised has both the destroying part and the building part. Jesus said, I'm the prince of peace, but I've not only come to make peace, I've come to make war. I've come to turn some things on top of themselves. I pray that you enter into your prophetic ministry of destroying the wrong things the enemy has installed in your family. The cancers, the fibroids, the patterns, the diseases, the blood sugar level, the cardiac issues. They will not destroy you. You will destroy them. They may have lasted for three generations, for five generations, but here comes Gideon Bukola. Here comes Gideon Tokes. Here comes Gideon Falake. Here comes Gideon Baladu. Here comes Shouts your name, Gideon. Who are you? You come. You are not Conan, but you are a great destroyer. You are not Conan, but you are better than the barbarian. You may not be Rambo, but you are going to go back to the first blood that was shed from before the foundations of the earth and say, you can't stop me, devil. I am not who you say. I am not a fornicating girl. I am not. I am not a porn addict. I am not. I am not the lustful one. I am not the bribe giver. I am not the corrupt person. I am who God says I am. Give God praise and glory in the house. Hallelujah. It's good enough that it was Gideon that was labeled. But it wasn't only Gideon that was labeled. Thank you for standing. It's helping me to round off quicker. <laughs> right? It wasn't only Gideon that was labeled. Everybody was labeled. Everybody that God was going to use. Moses was labeled Prince of Egypt. Stammerite. Labeled himself as well. But guess who else was labeled? Jesus. Jesus. So give us Mark chapter 6 from verse 1. Very quickly. Remain standing, guys. I'm, I'm almost there. Shout, I am. Who God says I am. Let's do this very quickly. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, Libel. Follow that. He came to his own no, replace it with label. Came to his own. And his disciples followed him. Verse 2, go real quick, quickly. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the label. And many hearing him were started saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which? Is anybody on there for us? Is anybody there? Okay. Let me let me go to it just in case they're having some labeling challenges. These things and what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. Now, verse 3, verse 3. I really need this guys media get to it what's what's holding you back. Verse 3. Is this not the Label. Is this not the Label, the son of Label and the brother of Label, Label, Label and Label are not his labels here with us? In other words, where are the labels of? You know, some people, after God has delivered you from your labels, they will hold the labels in their hands and still be defining you with the labels you wear. 
Ah, we know Kenny now when he was in the world. But now he's in the world. They were still holding. Say, are they not here with us? So they were what? Offended. Watch this. At him. Why were they offended? Were they not the same people that just commended the salt he was serving? Isn't it amazing that many people, the reason they are upset with you is that you have outgrown the labels they placed on you. Come on. They cannot deny your saltiness. But they are like, eh. So the anointing can flow through somebody that had four abortions. Because in their own labels, people that have had abortion, they should never give life. Somebody shout, God is bigger than your labels. Shout it loud. I say, God is bigger. Verse 4. Let's go. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own Label, put it. Except on his own label, among his own label, and in his own. Maybe we should have called this message the label service. But you know, there's a whole generation that is so label drunk. What are you wearing? I'm wearing God. Are you wearing Jojo Amani? No, I'm wearing God, God, no, me. Now. He could do no mighty work there. So listen to this. All that stuff that they had shouted, ah, and this guy has done. God was saying that was just the introduction. Let me prophesy to somebody. God is about to reintroduce you to your generation. I don't know what's happening at Gap TV Studios today, but you're, you're not giving me the loudness of your energy. I said God is about to reintroduce you. Imani, are you ready for something? Are you ready for a reintroduction? Data, are you ready for are you ready for that? Fatima, are you ready? Lulu, are you ready for a reintroduction? You're about to make a re-entry in your generation, a re a re-entry into your nation. Are you ready for that? Say I am who God says I am. He said the only thing he could do was that he healed and laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. Now, verse 6. You think that was all. And many marveled because of what? Their unbelief. And then what happened? They went out, he went about the, the village. Let me show you something from the Matthew rendition. There's something that will stun you, and then we'll just lick at the table. There's something that will stun you from the Matthew rendition. Or rather, the uh, yeah, Matthew. Matthew, the same scripture, but take it from Matthew 13 and from verse 53. Let me just confirm that. I'm sorry. Let's let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke 4 from verse 19 or 20. Let me show you something there. Who's losing their labels? Who, who can identify the things that mama put on you? How many of you know that some people can lovingly label you wrongly? Because they didn't want him to get hurt. So they said, no, public presentation is not for you. I don't want to be embarrassed. It's better for you to be embarrassed into your destiny than comforted into lifelong regret. Verse 19, Jesus comes and says, to proclaim, he removed the labels. Take it from verse 18. He removed the labels. 
Verse 18. He comes and says, let me introduce myself. I'm not the carpenter's son. I'm not who you are saying I am. Says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. You have a right to remove the labels. And you have the right to replace them with God labels. Somebody let me tell you, go and change your Instagram bio today. Change your WhatsApp bio. Some of you have not updated your WhatsApp since 2012. Before WhatsApp was exaggerated. Right? Some of you just put heart, heart. What does heart, heart mean? Full of love. Change it. Use a label. Salt and light. Child of God. Jesus baby for real. At Yahoo. This way. So this Jesus now, he said, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery. Keep going, verse 19. Oh, Lord help our media today. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Continue. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant. And he did what? And all the eyes Listen, guys, he went to pack and all eyes were on him. So y'all didn't get what I just said. But it's all about the biggie, the goodness of God, the B-I-G, the blessed in God, the, the big in God. Are you hearing? He says that once he labeled himself, then he got the attention of everybody. The reason you're not getting the right attention is that you are laboring under the labels that you've outlived, that you've outgrown, that you've outclassed. You can't label yourself a toilet and expect people who want to eat to come visiting you. Did you get the metaphor? Say, I'm not full of that. I'm full of this. They went to see. The eyes of those of synagogue were fixed on him. Verse 21, what does it say? And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled where? In your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which presented of his mouth. And they said, is this not? This libel, let me tell you. Even after you come out of it, people will still be trying. They'll be trying. You know what you have to do? You label yourself every day. I am the rights of God in Christ Jesus. I am the light of the world. I am filled with favor and goodness. My steps are ordered. All things are working together for my good. My path is the path of the just. I'm shining bright and bright to the perfect day. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. My parents had a broken marriage, but I have a model marriage. I will correct the issues of the past. I'm walking in strength and capacity and boldness and authority and audacity. All things are working together for my good. I break for to the right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do you label? How do you label? With words. Whose word? God's word. You speaking those words with your mouth is you labeling what God has said. But this is what is said. Then he spoke and all of that, a parable to them. But can you go real quick? Go to verse 28. Go to verse 28. Please read this one so that you won't think I'm the person that puts it in the Bible. What does verse 28 say? All those in the synagogue, when they heard... His new label. They were filled with. You know what wrath is? Anger that has PhD. <laughs> Anger. They were filled with wrath. But they didn't stop there. Look at the next thing. And rose up. 
out of synagogue, supposedly God's house, one of the first oppositions of your new label will be church people. Look at your neighbor. Say, we don't do that in this church. Say, we don't throw people out in this church. If the person beside you is not saying it, look at the person and say, we want you inside this church. Look at them and say, look at them and say I know you have issues. But we have enough tissues to clean your tissues and your issues and your issues until it becomes pounded yam. Father, you understand the message today? Then are you getting the message? Can you preach it to a three-year-old? Come on, that's it. Let's celebrate God for Father. Okay, are you getting the message? Can you translate into a game? Could talk about that. I want to translate Bible stories to games. You know, immersive learning. And like think about the wall of Jericho and the character being Joshua. It's mad. Yeah, mad. Making a difference. So they're going to throw him out. Help me close hands close. Throw him out of the hill on which their city was built and that they might throw him down the cliff. See, try today. Go and put billionaire investor on your status. People will say, are you, are you, are you all right? But that could be the label God is calling you to use. And if you don't believe it, why do you expect people to believe it? Until Jesus said, I am. People didn't say, thou art. You have to own it first. Are you here? What's the next verse? Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. As I close, you are going to go your way. You're going to prophesy. And you will navigate without failing. Give us, give us the, the table. I won't teach it, but this is where we're going to pick up next week. I was going to show you. No, no, no. This, this is not what I asked for, man. They're going to have to do it differently. I wanted them to put the I am's on one column. The I am's on one column. Yeah. And the old, old cement background, one column. New cement background, one column. The industries, one column. And the implications, one column. You know, people were saying, Jesus, carpenter's son, bastard child, this one, that one. Jesus came and said, I am. And in seven places in the New Testament, Jesus said, I am, I am, I am. Please don't ever be shy to tell the world who you are. Say, I'll be so good, they will discover me. No, Jesus was the light of the world, but he still had to say it. <laughs> I'm shy. That's a label. That's a label. Oh, I'm, I'm, I like the background. That's a label. It's a label. Oh, give me this. Give me what we have for now. But they should correct this media. Give me the table. Jesus said, I am. I am the light of the world. Next week, I will show you. Maybe not extensively. The ultimate background for it. The ultimate background for it. But what Jesus was really saying, because when you say the light of the world, most of us just use religion. I'm the light of the world. I'm right. No. The people who were speaking to, they did not understand the way you are interpreting it now because they were in darkness. Don't forget. So when you think about light, think about the industrial function of light. Jesus was saying, I am power. 
I'm energy. I'm the educational sector. I'm information. Do you use light and medicine or not? Do you use light to heal? Say, I'm photography. I'm optometry. I'm transportation. What it was saying, I part the world. You need me. You can't see without me. You can't do without me. Are you getting that? Give me the next slide. Give me the next slide. It says, I am the bread of life. What was it saying? I'm in agriculture. I'm stable food. I'm nutrition. I'm diet. I'm health. I'm fitness. God is not a hypothetical, unreal God. He's a real God. And until you begin to assimilate Christ in your daily process, you will still be on the fringes of religion. Are you here? When I say I'm the way, the truth, and the life, I'm saying I'm social justice, I'm, I'm legal practice, I'm charity, I'm social service, I'm social welfare, I'm blueprint, I'm business, I'm governance. When I say I'm shepherd, I'm navigation. I'm housing, I'm accommodation. In one minute, can you just agree with God that I am, I am, I am. Agree with God. Agree with God. Some of you need to do a sit down with the Holy Spirit today and look through those labels and take them off. Take them off, take them off, take them off. I know it's a simple message, but it's so deep and so powerful. You'll be surprised when you sit with yourself and say, why am I always running late? Why am I always angry? Why am I always self-centered? Why do I get irritated? Why do I carry my fist a certain way? There's a label responsible for it because when you were born, you didn't learn to do that. You picked it up somewhere. In middle school or high school or at home, you picked something up somewhere. A label came on you and it stuck on you. There's an opportunity to say, God, I come before you. I do not mind being stripped. I do not mind being stripped. I do not mind being stripped. Zovadiga Zomania Shopalatas. And see, we have all made mistakes and we will still make mistakes, but never accept the label of your mistake. Said it before, let me say it again. Never allow your mistakes cause you to miss the stakes. And I tell you, the stakes are high, but God's grace is higher, higher than your stakes. Pray everywhere, pray everywhere. For some of you, the prayer point is Lord, expose to me the labels I've labeled on without knowing. Some labels are subconscious. Can I tell you something? If I was a fair, come and help me. As we're praying, come and help me real quick. I know the Holy Spirit is speaking right now to hearts. I'm shy. I'm tired. I'm weak. Labels. I don't mean everybody has to be extroverted or everybody has to be out there. No. But I'm saying there are some opportunities that will call for you to step outside of your typical frame of reference. I will call for you to step out of your typical disposition. 
a lot of your destiny a lot of your destiny is not in your comfort zone a lot of your destiny is not in your comfort zone a lot of your destiny is not in your comfort zone a lot of your destiny is not in your comfort zone you've got to step out you've got to change something you've got to move something you've got to step out you've got to change something you've got to move something and parents is not too it's not too late to remove the labels fathers is not too late to remove the labels people it's not too late to remove the labels it's not too late it could be like oh i'm 30 something i'm 40 something i'm 50 something where do i start from god says you can start here and now gideon you're a mighty man of valor gideon it's you i'm going to use to change the scenario gideon it's you i'm going to use to change the family gideon it's you i'm going to use to start a new beginning gideon it's you i'm going to use to break through the territory gideon it's you i'm going to use to bring the family out of the crisis and out of the loan and out of the indebtedness and out of the failure there's an impartation of grace right now i see it i see it right now I see it right now. Somebody engage. We have a few more minutes. Engage. The Lord says He's dealing with people now. Pray. He's dealing with people right now. Pray. about to serve your source to the world cool them were possible cool them were possible listen that your face will be on time magazine in 12 months 18 months you say how how can it happen forget about the how a new category might be defined who believe there's so many speakers will now be Forbes coaches in Africa who believe it? a switch there's gonna be a rhythm and a sync between the times and your times could it be possible that a million pounds will be registered in your account in a year from now or less than that because with man this may be impossible but not with God for with God all things all things are possible listen to this please I'm going to close now please look at this is this still labeled look at this is this still labeled tell her this is still labeled you think the label is there, right? But let me tell you what's interesting about this. The label here is not external now. This labels now, they are inside. Because for some of us, we personally labeled ourselves. And God says, you're forgiven, you're healed, you're whole. You're like, no God, I'm not forgiven. I know what I did two summers ago. I know I'm salt and this summer. Does that make me some assault? God says, stand. He said, no, I'm a some assault. God said, you're forgiving, you're washed clean, you're made whole. You're like, no, 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 no. I've been to too many places and experienced too many touches. God says, when I touch you, it wipes out all the fingerprints of the old. 
Say, God, I don't believe it. God said, do you know who I am? So what some of us need to do this week is to sit with the Holy Spirit and allow him to internally carry out the surgery. You know why? Because you're praying for salt. Um, the salt, if the salt is inside, but the labels are still inside, you're not dealing with external enemies. You are now the enemy of your own destiny. Somebody say, that's not me. And what God really wants to do, come on, help me remove these labels. You know, sometimes to remove the labels, you need help. You need a pastor. You need a conversation. You need support. You need to... Isn't that so? Now, God is about to... Who needs salt for their <laughs> cooking today? Of course, we have to throw the salt away. We've touched a lot of stuff. But what can you see now? What can you see now? Look at your neighbor say, you are not sea salt. But I see salt. Your flavor is about to come out. For some people, they have to be 80 years like Moses. You know, it was Moses had labels till he was 80. You know that? Till he was 80. The first 40 years he was labeled Prince of Egypt. The next 40 years labeled Renegade, Murderer, Shipkeeper. God removed all of that. When God was going to show him his label, how did God introduce himself? Never add anything to I am that God has not said you are. Your salt will be seen. Your flavor will be tasted. Your future is preserved. God's grace upon your life is shining forth. If you believe it everywhere, come on, give God praise and give God glory! www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.